Glory to God. And everybody say praise the Lord. I mean, it's glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. So good to be here tonight. I feel very honored and privileged uh, to be invited to be a part of this convention. Looking forward to uh, hearing the word of the Lord. Love and appreciate Brother Bass so much and the men that are part of this fellowship. Each time I've been blessed to be a part of something that they are doing, uh, I've always felt enriched. And uh, I'm so glad to be here tonight. Stepped into the lobby uh, tonight right before service and uh, Brother Hare came up to me and said, Well, who we got to listen to tonight? And then I watched him and he opened up the brochure and said, Oh, Brother Garrett. <clears throat> but uh, it's me. <laughs> and uh, I know we got some disappointed people here tonight. <clears throat> I called Brother Garrett and uh, gave him a talking to about getting me in this position. But uh, I want the Lord to help us tonight. Hallelujah. And I want to try to be a blessing. I believe this is going to be a tremendous week of preaching, such a tremendous lineup of great men uh, preaching the word of the Lord, and I need something from God, with the Lord to talk to my heart this week. <clears throat> the last time I preached a first night of a meeting like this, uh, at Brother Holmes's church, first uh, of August, and had a heart attack while I was uh, preaching in the middle of my message and went ahead and finished it. Probably won't do that tonight uh, if that happens. <clears throat> but I uh, almost left this world and uh, God was so good to me. Spare my life. And, uh, hallelujah. I love Him for that. and uh, I want to do my best the rest of my life uh, to serve Him. Hallelujah. But it's good to be here tonight. Good to see so many good friends. And uh, hallelujah. Good to see all the preachers that are here tonight. If you got your Bibles, 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 20. And uh, verse 35. 1 Samuel chapter 20. And verse 35. I was prescribed some glasses last week by an eye doctor, and I wore them last night. I just got them in yesterday, and wore them last night and left them in my coat pocket at home. So, uh, but I believe I'm going to be able to see a little bit of this tonight. First Samuel chapter twenty and verse thirty-five. And it came to pass in the morning that Jonathan went out into the field at the time appointed with David and a little lad with him. And he said unto his lad, Run, find out now the arrows which I shoot. And as the lad ran, he shot an arrow beyond him. And when the lad was come to the place of the arrow which Jonathan had shot, Jonathan cried after the lad and said, is not the arrow beyond thee? And Jonathan cried after the lad, Make speed, haste, stay not. 
And Jonathan's lad gathered up the arrows and came to his master. And the lad knew not anything, only Jonathan and David knew the matter. I want you to notice the last part of verse 37. Is not the era beyond thee? Is not the era beyond thee? I want you to turn to somebody next to you tonight and tell them, It is beyond me. It is beyond me. Hallelujah. Let's pray tonight for God's anointing upon our hearts. Lord, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for your word tonight, God. We thank you, God, for your presence that we feel in this house tonight, God. Hallelujah. We want you to have your will and way in this place tonight, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God, hide me behind the cross of Calvary. As I minister the word of the Lord tonight, God, we need to hear from you, Lord. We need to hear from you tonight, God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord. Oh, let's clap our hands to the Lord tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to the name of the Lord. And you may be seated tonight. Hallelujah. I read in your hearing tonight of a special time in the life of David. It was a moment in destiny. It was a time when the shooting of an arrow was going to disclose to David whether he could go home in peace and take his place at Saul's table or whether he would have to completely and quickly flee for his life. It is amazing how so many times in life the door of destiny turns on such small hinges. Sometimes in a decision made, in a moment's choice, in a service just like this tonight, that people make a choice and a decision of their life. I believe strongly that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. I also believe that the stops of a good man are ordered of the Lord. I don't believe that a man can be called of God and anointed of God and appointed of God. And anything happen to that man that takes God by surprise. I don't believe that the devil, the world, anyone can do anything to a God-called man that God is not aware of. And when God allows things to happen in our lives that we do not quite understand, we've got to understand that uh, God is preparing us for His will to be fulfilled in our lives. The secret signals from Jonathan to David were to determine David's destiny. They were indicators to David that uh, were to let him know whether he was to go home or whether he was to flee for his life. They were secret signals to let David know what important things was going on in his life. I don't believe that we're here tonight having this convention just because we have nothing else to do in life. 
We're not here just to take up space. And I thank God for the fellowship, but we're not here just for fellowship or just for a vacation. But I believe that it is at services like this tonight and the services that we're going to have in the near future that God uh, gives us private instructions that shape and determine our life and our destiny. And I believe it's going to happen in this building tonight. I believe that God has got a specific message for someone that is sitting in this auditorium tonight. But you know, there are some folks that are like the lad that never catch on to the punchline of what is happening in an apostolic service. I've got church uh, folks in my church that um, I see them uh, walk out in the middle of service. So many times at such an uh, unopportune time. Uh, Stroll down the stairs to get a drink of water and maybe buy a Coke and sit and chat for a little while. While an apostolic preacher is upstairs preaching the word of the Lord. They never catch on to what is happening when God anoints a man of God to preach the word of the Lord. They've never caught on to the punchline of of what takes place in a service like this tonight. They don't have an idea of what is going on in this house. But I thank God that there are others that realize that there is something that happens in the spirit when a preacher begins to preach the word of the Lord. And that they understand that there's something in God's word for them to get a hold of that has got the ability to change their lives. That it is the engrafted word of God that is able to save us. Hallelujah. But it's got to become a part of our lives. Hallelujah. The shooting of the arrow was to indicate in this story the favor or the fury of the king. Friend, I want to tell you tonight that it is important for us to know what God loves and what God hates. It's important for us to understand those things that bring the favor of God in our life. And those things that bring the fury of God in our life. And I believe in the services in this convention that there's some folks that are going to get some direction. Hallelujah. It could be some of the most important time that you'll spend in your lifetime. When Jonathan cried, is not the arrow beyond thee? It was a secret sign to David that Saul was still pursuing after him. That Saul still had blood in his eyes. And that at this time he could not return and assume his seat in the kingdom. To the lad, the entire exercise was simply nothing more than an arrow that was gone astray. No doubt this young man that gathered the arrows thought that Jonathan probably needs a little more practice with his bow. Yet uh, what appeared to the lad as a shot that had missed the target, in reality was a message that was a bull's eye. And when Jonathan cried, is not the arrow beyond thee? It was a message that shot like an arrow to the heart of King or, or David. I'm very concerned tonight that um, one of the greatest needs in the hour of the church is for us not to just see what God is doing in this day and time, but to understand what is really going on. It's not enough just to be a spectator and watch the hand of God and watch the miracles of God and see what God is doing around the church. But this is an hour that we need spiritual discernment. This is a time that we need to be in step 
with what the Holy Ghost is calling on the church to do in this last hour. This is a day of revival. This is a time for us to shake the gates of hell. This is a time for the church to be greater than she's ever been before. I don't believe that God is coming after an anemic, watered-down church, but is coming after a bride that has made herself ready. He's coming after a Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, Holy Ghost powerful church. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In the book of 1 Chronicles, chapter 12 and verse 32, the Bible says of the children of Issachar that they were men that had an understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. Oh, if there were ever a time that we need to understand what ought to be done, it is in this time. Because you see, you can see what God is doing without really understanding and knowing what is going on. Hallelujah, every saint of God in this building and needs to understand what is going on in your life. As a pastor, I try at times to counsel some people. And there are some folks that they're always saying, well, you know, I don't understand this. And I don't understand that. And I, I don't see this. And, and I, I don't see that. And you know the reason why some people do not understand? Hallelujah. They don't understand because they don't have the kind of faith that they ought to have in God and in God's Word and, and in God's man. And hallelujah. It is because that they are doubting God. And You see, when you don't understand, it's doubt. And I'll tell you how I came to know that. In Hebrews, the 11th chapter and the second verse, the Bible says it is through faith that we understand. Hallelujah. Unbelief makes you question. Unbelief makes you doubt and wonder what's going on. Hallelujah. But when you have faith in God, you understand that all things work together for the good of them that love God. Them that are called according to his purpose. Hallelujah. I want to show you tonight the significance of understanding. In the book of Matthew, the 13th chapter and the 19th verse, the Bible says that when anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. Hallelujah. When a person hears the word of the Lord, hallelujah, but there's not faith that is mixed with that word. And they don't understand it. And there's not a spiritual conception. And they don't receive the word of the Lord. They are a direct target of the devil coming and stealing out of their heart what God has for them. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7 says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thine getting, get understanding. Hallelujah. One thing we need to understand, hallelujah, is that Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Now I want to tell you something. I can't make that statement without a little something feeling funny. Because I've heard so many charismatics say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. And they say that and then they do anything they want to do and live any way they want to live. Conduct their lives they want the way they want to do it. Hallelujah. But I want to tell you, it doesn't matter how much the charismatics say it. We as apostolics need to understand that Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. He's Lord of our life. 
He's Lord of everything that's happening in our life. He's Lord of the circumstances and the situations. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter if we can't see what's happening. It doesn't matter, friend, if every star is falling out of our sky. It doesn't matter if everything around us is black. We can't put two to two and two together and understand. Hallelujah, friend. We need to understand that Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. When all of hell is breaking loose and everything is topsy-turvy. Hallelujah. There needs to be a revelation in our mind. It doesn't matter what happens. I got a feeling of a thing's going to be all right. It doesn't matter how I'm feeling. It doesn't matter what's taking place in my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you listen to me? Proper perspective and direction is greater than power. I want to say that again. Proper perspective and direction is greater than power. In Luke the 24th chapter, Jesus Christ, before He left this world, the Bible says He opened up their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. Hallelujah. Here was a bunch of disciples that had seen every miracle, every miracle imaginable. Hallelujah. They had walked with the Lord. They had seen the impossible become possible. Hallelujah. They had seen what Jesus was doing. But I want to tell you, they didn't understand what was going on. The Bible says Jesus had to open up their understanding that they could understand the Scriptures. If we're going to have the great revival that God wants us to have in this last hour, hallelujah, we need a revelation of what is going on. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, friend, we have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. It's not time for the church to sit down. It's time for the church to stand up. It's time to believe for revival like we have never believe a revival before. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus led his disciples out as far as Bethany and blessed them and gave them a promise and then disappeared out of their sight. I want you to catch this. He was out of their sight. But he wasn't out of their reach. Hallelujah. The disciples had lost his presence. And here they were between, hallelujah, losing his presence and receiving the power of Pentecost. Hallelujah. Yet what they did have was a promise. I said they had a promise. Hallelujah. Saint of God, you may be in a place in your life where you can't see God anywhere. You've reached for God and you can't touch Him. It seems that He's not on the premises. But oh, I want to tell you, it doesn't matter if you don't feel an ounce of power. When you got an understanding of what's going on. Hallelujah. It makes a difference. You don't have to feel anything. I said you don't have to feel anything. You don't have to see anything. Hallelujah. When you've got an understanding of what is going on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The book of Esther is a book that has been questioned by some as whether it is inspired of God or not. And the reason for this is because that out of ten chapters in the book of Esther, of all the ten chapters of this book, the name of God is not found anywhere. And there's folks that say, you know, you don't see the name of God in the print. 
And so I don't think that it's inspired. I want to tell you something. God doesn't have to sign an autograph and every paragraph and every page of your life. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I said He don't have to sign an autograph every paragraph of your life. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I want to ask you this. If Esther is not divinely inspired, somebody needs to tell me how in the world could Esther, the little Jewish girl, become the queen? Hallelujah. How in the world could the Jewish nation that looked like it was destined to be destroyed be saved? And how in the name of the God of glory could wicked Haman be hung on his own gallows? You see, sometimes God's working when we don't even see Him. Sometimes God does His greatest work when we don't even know He's on the premises. Hallelujah. Job, in the midst of his trial of his life, he said he reached for God. He looked for Him in front of Him, and He didn't see Him. And He looked behind, and He didn't see Him. And He looked, He said, on the left where God doth work. And then He looked on the right hand of God, or He looked on His right hand, and and God was not there. Hallelujah. In the midst of what he was saying, he gives us a little insight on finding out where God is when you don't see him anywhere. Hallelujah. You know, if you look for somebody, if you're looking for somebody, sometimes the best thing to do is find out where they work. And when you find out where they work, you can find them. He said, on the left hand where God doth work. Hallelujah. Most of the time we think of God as, hallelujah, a God of power. He's on the right hand. And hallelujah, when great things are happening in our life and we can easily physically see the glory of God, we can say, man, things are really getting done. Oh, we see the right hand of power. But I want to tell you when things are really happening. I want to tell you what brings about that time of glory. It's on the left hand. Hallelujah. When there's darkness all around you, you don't understand what's happening really in your life hallelujah you can't put it all together but it's on the left hand in the darkest of valleys that God does his work hallelujah it's when you can't see what's happening but you understand everything's going to be alright oh I'm preaching to somebody here tonight that's going through something and you're feeling after God and you're saying where's God at I'm preaching to a pastor here tonight that's wondering my God am I wasting my life. Is God ever going to do what I'm praying for him to do? Oh, let me tell you something. God's still on the premises. God's still at work. Hallelujah. You may not be able to see him, but you need to understand. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll go with you. Hallelujah. 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 Sometimes God does his finest work when we don't even understand what's happening. We don't see what's happening. Hallelujah, hallelujah. One of the most beautiful things that God ever did for Adam. He did it when Adam didn't even know it was happening. Hallelujah. Adam's the only man I know that went to bed single and woke up married. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Went to sleep and God reached down on the inside of him and pulled a bone out. Hallelujah. And made a woman out of it. I've often said if Adam had a sissy bone in his body, God took it out and made a woman out of it. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. But here was a man that didn't know what was going on. Hallelujah. But when he could not see God, God was at work and God was making for him a bride. Can I tell you that God is in the process of building a bride in this year of 2001. Hallelujah. There may be some that disqualify themselves. There may be those that compromise and sell out. Hallelujah. But there's an apostolic church in this last hour that's going to be the bride of Christ. Some people don't even see her. Some people don't even recognize who she is. There's those that used to be with us that are not with us any longer. Hallelujah. They want to say, oh, there's nothing to you. But I want to tell you, God's building a bride right here in this this service tonight. Hallelujah. 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 We've got to understand what's happening. I said we've got to understand what's happening. I believe in this conviction, in this convention, that God is going to pull some things out of some of you that you don't even know is inside you. Hallelujah. Some of you are walking revival and you don't even realize it. Hallelujah. You don't understand the anointing that God's put on the inside of you when He gave you the baptism of the Holy Ghost. People's looking for something else. They're looking for a better plan. They're looking for something different. I need a new experience. I want to tell you there's nothing wrong with your old experience. Hallelujah. You need to renew what God's put on the inside of you. The Holy Ghost can still get the job done in this modern age that we're living in. Hallelujah. I want to tell you God's got the ability to fix everything here that needs to be fixed. (coughs) Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me get back to my text tonight. The era is beyond you. Hallelujah. Have you ever heard anybody say, it's beyond me? I said that this week. Hallelujah. Somebody's asking me about a situation in my church. I said, it's beyond me. Oh, you missed the answer, man. It's beyond me. I had to tell somebody that this week. It's beyond me. Hallelujah. I don't have the answer. Hallelujah. I don't know what to do but just weep and cry and pray in the Holy Ghost. And say, God, you're going to have to fix this. Because it is beyond me. Hallelujah. It is beyond me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, it's something about life. Is it not true that life's greatest goals and fondest dreams and loftiest aspirations are at best, most of the time, just beyond us? Hallelujah. That revival that we're reaching for. That's something that God has shown us in the Holy Ghost that seems to be so evasive. And we reach as far as we can reach and it's almost there. But it seems like within ourselves we're not able to grab hold of what we know God has spoke in our spirit about. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, I found myself in, in the last few years of trying to pastor church. Uh, sitting down and, and uh, doing some planning and strategy against the devil. And I get my pencil and paper out and I think, you know, if we had uh, this many people doing this and uh, this many people doing that and if these folks would give this and if everybody would give this and we get it all tallied up on the paper and we draw a big line across the bottom and we start adding it up. And this is what I've found in the short seven years that I've tried to pastor. Hallelujah. When you all get it all added up. There's one thing that you always find out. It is never enough. It is never enough. 
Hallelujah. When I first went there and we had a handful of people, I thought, man, if we can get just a few more people, things are going to run smooth around here. Hallelujah. We're not going to have any money problems around here. Look at these big churches and think, boy, it must be something to have all the money that you need and not have to worry about anything. You know what I found out? Hallelujah. The bigger you are, the bigger the bill. Hallelujah. The more you have to do and the more you're doing, the more it costs. And, and there's one principle about God's church and it's simply this. There is never enough. Hallelujah. You look at the nominal churches and friend, they've got the millions in the bank and, and they've got their little plan of what they're going to do in the next five years and ten years and, and they've got all the drawings on the board and, and they're putting the money in the bank and we're going to have this turnkey and everything's going to be fine and, and uh, you know, we, we got it all under control. Hallelujah. And I I thought, you know, God, where in the world am I at in all of this? Hallelujah. But I've come to realize there's something about God's church. If this is God's church, there ought to be something going on around here that only God can do. Hallelujah. We can't do it in our programs and our plans. We can't do it in our human efforts. This is not a work of human hands. God's got to be involved in what's going on in our life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The era is beyond you. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to admit I preached this a couple of times. Hallelujah. The first time I preached it, I preached it at my church about four years ago. We was in a little rented building and God had so blessed us with revival. And uh, I hope you don't think I'm tooting my horn. I'm telling you what God's done. Hallelujah. Because I can't do anything. But God had given us a great revival. And we'd filled this little building up. I thought when we had 60, was full. And uh, we ended up at around 200 in that little building. Just stacking them everywhere. And, and I, I said, God, where in the world are you at? It looks like God would just provide a building for us. And uh, I was wondering, what in the world is going on? Hallelujah. But, but we found a building uh, on, on Town Square in Buford. It was First Baptist Church. In fact, the first week I got to town, I went over there. And uh, I told my brother, I said, I believe this is the church that God wants us to have. Hallelujah. It, 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 it was beyond us. And here we were. We had uh, a few more people, but, but it was still beyond us. And I remember driving around that building at night. Hallelujah. And saying, oh God, we need this building. And I went and talked to them. And they didn't even want to talk to me. Hell, they didn't even have time to talk to me. Hallelujah. But I told our church when I was preaching this, I said, it's going to be just a little while. And I believe we're going to be moving out of this rented building. Hallelujah. Down the First Baptist. 40,000 square feet. Hallelujah. Praise it a million dollars. I don't know how God's going to do it. Hallelujah. Yeah, we can't do it. It is beyond us. Hallelujah. But I believe that it's going to happen. And I want to tell you, friend, we're in that building tonight. Before it was over with, it wasn't us pursuing them. It was them pursuing us. It wasn't me calling them. It was them calling me and saying, Pastor Copeland, we need to get together. We need to talk about this. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's something about the work of God. The arrow is always beyond us. We all things are possible. With God, nothing is impossible. Hallelujah. But there's another way to look at that verse. With God, nothing is impossible. You know what nothing is? Nothing is zero. And that's what we are, a zero with a rim rubbed out. 
we can't do anything. Hallelujah. With God. Hallelujah. Nothing is impossible. Hallelujah. You know something? When God gets in the picture, nothing is impossible. What that's saying is, hey, something's going to happen. Something's going to take place. But nothing is impossible. You know what the devil tells us? The devil tells us you step out in faith and speak a word of faith and you're going to make a fool out of yourself. So many of you, God's told you to do something. And the first thing you say, well, I'm afraid nothing will happen. Let me give you a scripture for that. With God, nothing is impossible. I don't know exactly what might happen, but I do know something's going to happen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to tell you something else about that. With God, nothing is impossible. A lot of times we like to quote that and we like to put God over here by himself and, oh, let's watch God operate. With God, nothing is impossible. Hallelujah. That's not the way it is. God's right here. I'm going to get with him. With God, nothing is impossible. With God, all things are possible. I want to tell you, friend, if every apostolic church here tonight would get in step with God, get in step with the Holy Ghost, for He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power of God that worketh in us. I know some that don't, some, you know, it, it, it don't, in, don't excite some of you. You don't understand it. Because it's by faith that we understand. <laughs> the Antichrist's greatest effort in the end time will be an effort that will only count six, six, six. Hallelujah. He will push humanity to the max, six to the third power. Now, Jesus Christ is God manifest in the flesh. God becoming man. The Antichrist is man trying to become God. Seven is the number of God. Seven is the number of perfection. It's God's number. Six is man's number. The Antichrist's greatest effort in the end time will only reach six, six, six. And he'll never get to seven. Hallelujah. Man will never become God. I said man will never become God. And yet God tells us that we are to be like Him. And we are to strive to be like Him. People ought to be able to see us and see the Father in us. But I don't know about you, but I'm going to confess. In my best efforts, I strain for perfection. And it seems like I just don't ever quite get there. Everything on the inside of me wants it. Everything on the inside of me wants to put away this flesh and be everything God wants me to be. But in my greatest efforts, I reach, but I don't quite touch it. But that's all right. Hallelujah. Because when I have reached and where my hand stops is where God's hand starts. Hallelujah. When I have done my best and my back is against the wall, man's extremities is God's opportunity. Oh, thank God for grace. Thank God for His power. Thank God for His enableness. 
Oh, we can't have revival in ourselves. We can't reach where we need to reach. But I want to tell you, friend, when you've done your best, and that's all you can do, when you've done your best and you fall short, that's when God steps in the picture and He does His best. You can't have revival without God. You can't build a church without God. And we talk about a lot of times, you know, oh, you know, I went to this city and built a church. We didn't build no church. We can't build the church. Hallelujah. We can do our part. Hallelujah. But friend, God is so ordained that when it comes to the apostolic church, we always come up sharp. We're not like the denominal folks that can write the check. We've always got to be like trembling children before the presence of God. Oh God, i got to have your help. Hallelujah. There's got to be a miracle in this. God, you can't step out of the picture because we're never going to get the job done. Hallelujah. You know why? Hallelujah. That no flesh can glory in His presence. God doesn't want us to put our name on anything around here. Hallelujah. God doesn't want us to take the glory. Hallelujah. It is beyond me. God has called me to do something that I don't have the ability to do. Hallelujah. I said God has called me to do something that I don't have the ability to do. Hallelujah. I can't build a church. I can't pastor my church. I don't know what to do a lot of times. There's problems that we're facing now that there is no human answer. Only a work of the Holy Ghost can get the job done. Hallelujah. We can't build the church. Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We can't put people in the church. It's like the lame man at the gate called beautiful. Man took him as far as he could take him. But a cripple couldn't come into the presence of God. Man took him as far as he could take him. And then God had to reach down. Hallelujah. And put the strength into his ankle bones and into his legs. And bring him into the temple leaping in joy. With joy praising the Lord. Hallelujah to God. You know, we can invite people out. I believe in programs. I believe in using everything that we can use to get the job done. I believe God uses men. But I want to tell you something, friend. Hallelujah. A program without God is nothing. Hallelujah. We can bring them in, but who's, who's going to touch them? God's got to touch them. I said God's got to touch them. The Bible says that the Lord added daily to the church such as should be saved. The Bible says for by one spirit are we all baptized in to one body. Hallelujah. We can anoint them with all and pray for them, but there ain't no divine healers around here. Jesus Christ is the healer. Hallelujah. The only way they're going to throw away their beer bottles. Hallelujah. Get rid of the rock music. Hallelujah. Throw beer out of the refrigerator. Get their televisions and throw them out of the houses. The only reason, the way they're going to get the devil out of their heart, it's going to have to be the touch of God Almighty. There's got to be a spark of the divine in what we're doing. Hallelujah. Even salvation is not a one-man show. Repent. That's the sinner's job. Be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. That's the job of the minister. Then you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Somewhere God's got to step in the picture. Hallelujah. I said somewhere God's got to do that that we cannot do. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One of the purposes for this message tonight is to try to maybe help somebody with some frustration that I've had also as a pastor and as a preacher. When you're facing things that you just feel like I cannot do it. I cannot feel the bill. I had this heart attack and for several months. Every time I thought about standing in the pulpit and preaching, there was something overwhelming that come on me. Hallelujah. I didn't want to preach. I love my church. I didn't want to leave my church. I love them more than I've ever loved anybody in all the world. I have no desire to leave them. But there was something on the inside of me when I thought about the challenge. When I thought about facing the responsibility that I wanted to shrink away. I can't do it. It is beyond me. But I want to tell you, somewhere along the way, about a month ago, there was something that touched me. There was a miracle that took place in my life. Hallelujah. There was something that turned on again on the inside of me that wanted to preach again. I wanted to get in the pulpit again. I was ready for the challenge again. Hallelujah. It wasn't within myself, but it was something God had to make up the difference. I'm preaching to somebody here tonight that's wrestling with frustration. Where is God at in my life? What in the world is going on right now? You can become overwhelmed. You can get to a place that you feel like you just, you can't stand the pressure any longer. But you know, somewhere, something, somewhere you got to realize God's in all of this. Nothing takes God by surprise. Nothing happens by surprise. He counteth every step. He knows what's in the darkness. The Bible says there's not a sparrow that falls from the heavens that he's not aware of. Matthew says it like this. He says, are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And yet there's not one that falls from the heaven that God doesn't see. Luke says it like this. Are there not, is not four sparrows or five sparrows sold for two farthings? You got to read both of the scriptures to see what Jesus was saying and what he really was talking about, about the one sparrow that's lost. In the marketplace, you can get two for one farthing. Hallelujah. But if you spend two farthings, you don't get four. You get an extra one. You get the fifth one. The fifth one is just thrown in. It's, it's the little sparrow that's lost in the market. It doesn't count for anything. It's of no value. But the Lord said, hey, I'm the God of the fifth sparrow. Hallelujah. When nobody else knows where you're at, I want to let you know I know where you are. When nobody else knows what's going on. Hallelujah. I want to let you know my eye doesn't miss any step. I've got the hairs of your head numbered. Not counted, but numbered. You know, if I counted you tonight, I'd come up with a sum total. But if I numbered you tonight, I'd give every one of you a number. There's not a hair in your head that doesn't fall out. That God doesn't know the number of it. He's got the hairs of our head numbered. Hallelujah. There's some things that only God can do. There's some things that only God can handle. Paul said one plants and one waters, but God gives the increase. I just believe that if we go, we will grow. I believe if we weep, we will reap. I believe if we're in God's hands and we allow God to spend us, there's going to be a harvest. Hallelujah. When the church grows, it's God. 
I heard a fellow by the name of John Maxwell make the statement, I can grow a church with God or without God. Let me tell you something, Mr. Maxwell. You don't know what a church is. All you got is a crowd. There's nothing miraculous. It's human planning. It's human talent. It's exercise, executing things just right and drawing people and keeping things interested. Hallelujah. Interesting. And that's how you draw the crowd. We're not, we don't have a crowd here. We got a church here. Hallelujah. It's not just a group of people. There's a living organism here. I want to tell you, this is a miracle church. I said this is a miraculous church. The only way that the church goes on is God's hands got to be in it. Something that only God can do has got to be taking place. If all it is is human effort and human ability, then you don't have anything. You don't have a church. You got a crowd. But I want to tell you, God's got a bride. God's got a church that he's coming after. And he knows who they are. Hallelujah. We've got to do all we can do, though. And when we do all we can do, then God does what he can do. Now hear me, my, our problem a lot of times is we get through long before we ought to be through. Hallelujah. Some people just do a little something, you know. Never believe in anything's going to happen. Hallelujah. Well, let's have a night or two and just see if a revival might break out around here. Well, why don't you just get so hungry for God, you say, we're going for broke. We're going to fast and pray till something moves around here. We're going to get a hold of God until something changes around here. God hungry men move God. I've never heard of a revival that ever took place out of chance. It's when man does what he's supposed to do that God does what he's supposed to do. And I want to tell you this conference tonight, whether it is a success or a failure, it's going to be according to our desire. Hallelujah. We want to just waltz in here and go through church and, well, you know, wave at everybody. We'll come and we'll go and we'll be empty. But if there's a hunger in this building, I believe there is. God, I've got to hear from you. God, I've not come to play church. I've not come to go through the motions and the routine and the program. Hallelujah. You see, we can't enter into the supernatural until we have exhausted the natural. Hallelujah. People want the supernatural, but they don't want to exhaust the natural. You see, it's when nothing else but a miracle will work that we get our miracle. It's when we've done all we can do and it's not enough that God will do what we can't do. And everybody knows it's always enough. Can I get a witness? Hallelujah. Has everybody gone tonight? He's a God that's enough. I said He's always enough. Hallelujah. You know the problem a lot of times, and I, I'm going to be through in just a second. The problem a lot of times is that, hallelujah, we want God to do His part and we want Him to do our part too. Acts the 12th chapter, Peter was in jail, 16 soldiers around him, locked doors and gates, shackles on him. I want to tell you, there's nothing the devil is more afraid of than a liberated preacher. Hallelujah. I'd like to untie a preacher tonight if you're bound. That's right, the devil's scared to death of you. And here was a preacher tied up. And the angel came and Simon Peter was sound asleep. 
How many of you could sleep if there was plans to behead you in the morning? How many of you could be asleep? Hallelujah. Why was Peter asleep? He was sleeping on a pallet of promise. Hallelujah. He could see what was happening, but he also knew what was going on. How could he be asleep? I'll tell you how he could be asleep. Jesus had already told him how he was going to die. Jesus had said, when you're old, they're going to lead you where you don't want to go. And they're going to stretch you, speaking of a crucifixion and the way he was going to die. Hallelujah. He said, I'll tell you one thing. I don't know what Herod's planning. Hallelujah. But it ain't for me now. Because I'm going to be crucified and Herod's got a sword. And I don't know what Herod's doing tonight, but I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to bed. You know what we pastors got to understand sometimes when we've wrestled and wrestled and worried and worried and uh, oh God and fretted and fretted. I'm going to tell you, God's not worried. That's right. I had a pastor's wife come to me uh, a couple, two or three years ago and wringing her hands and oh, I just don't know what we're going to do. You know? oh, my husband's fixing to resign. And, oh, we don't have any plans. I don't know what's going to happen to us. Brother, come, what do you think? I said, I think God's not nervous. That's what I think. I can't imagine God wringing His hands and worried. And sometimes when we're facing things and we don't know what to do, the best thing to do is just say, Lord, I'm going to let you take the night shift. You, you work this out and I'm going to give me a good night's sleep and when I wake up in the morning, you can tell me what to do with it. You see, our problem is a lot of times we forget what the church is. This is God's church. This is not my church. This is God's church. Hallelujah. When everything is destroyed, hallelujah, and the smoke clears, the only thing that's going to still be alive and well is going to be the church. The Bible says everything in this world is going to melt with a fervent heat. The Bible says the elements are going to be destroyed. Hallelujah. You know, scientists tell us the elements can't be destroyed. You can burn something and you can reduce it to the elements, but the last bit of whatever you have is elements. But the Bible says when God gets through with this world, there ain't going to be enough left to put in a paper sack. But I'll tell you what's going to be left outside of this world. It's going to be this blood-bought apostolic Jesus named church. The church is not going down. The church is going up. Hallelujah. We don't have to worry about the church. Hallelujah. The angel appeared to Peter. He said, wake up, Peter. And he woke up. He may have been worried about the chains and the guards and the gates. All those things were beyond Peter. The angel said, strap on your sandals. I'll open the doors. I'll get the gate open. I'll take care of the guards. Hallelujah. But I'm not going to put your shoes on for you. That's what's wrong with some of us. We're waiting for God to do everything. I want to tell you, God's going to let you do what you can do, and then He's going to do what He can do. Oh, Brother Cooper, you got all the answers? No, I'm preaching to myself tonight, too. I find myself, you know, before I know it, I'm back trying to work it out myself. Hallelujah. God told Noah to build an ark. I want you to go build an ark. There's probably two things that Noah was worried about in building this ark. Number one, it never had rained. 
You know, it's, it's a lot easier to believe God for something that you've already seen God do in somebody else's life. There's a few chosen people in the Bible that, hallelujah, God said, you're going to be a first. You're going to be a one of a kind. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask you to believe for something that nobody else has believed for before. No, I want you to build an ark. I want to tell you, there was no ark building support groups for him to go to. Hallelujah. There were no uh, architects. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But it never had rained. And that was one thing you probably worried about. And the second thing you probably worried about was how am I going to get all these animals in this ark after I build it? You may think it's hard to build an ark. I'll tell you what's harder than building an ark is getting those animals in there. All their different attitudes and spirits and... Uh, Hallelujah. Oh, it's hard to build a church. It's hard to... Hallelujah. Yeah, it's hard. I'll tell you what's harder than that is fill that church up. Get all them devils in there and get those spirits out of them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Getting peace reign in there and tranquility. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Don't worry, Noah. You do what you can do. And then I'll do what I can do. You build the ark. You know the story. All of a sudden, God touched, hallelujah, the animal kingdom. They started hearing a call. Hallelujah. Very friend, that was a turnaround. A bunch of them started heading toward the ark. I can get in the whole story of it. I ain't going to do that. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, God can speak to the human heart. I said, God can do what we can't do. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, God can open up a door of revival in our churches. Hallelujah. If we'll do what we can do, He'll do what He can do. Hallelujah. Sometimes you get out and knock doors and witness and teach Bible studies and the one you're teaching don't come in, but somebody comes in. Hallelujah. You can't, you can't plant the seed and there not be a harvest. Something's going to happen. Hallelujah. You can't travail and pray and nothing be born in Zion. Something's going to be born. Something's going to break. Something's going to happen. Hallelujah. When we get desperate, something's going to take place. Hallelujah. When we have spent ourselves, God's going to do something. Hallelujah. We're in a revival and God sent us a preacher that's been helping our church and helping me. We needed some help. Hallelujah. Brother Caleb Adams has been preaching for us a few weeks since the first of the year. Hallelujah. And he's been preaching about prayer and travailing and paying the price. And, and the people's been coming in getting the Holy Ghost. About three Sunday nights ago, we had a house full of a bunch of lost folks. Our city's just blessed. We have visitors unbelievable. Had 49 visitors uh, a couple of, it was either Sunday morning, it was Sunday morning a week ago, I believe it was. And God has just, just, just blessed us with that. And maybe we're in a fertile place. I know there's other places that don't seem to be as fertile. But, uh, anyway, we had, we had a bunch of lost folks there. And he got up and he started preaching to the church and started preaching about travailing and praying and something can break in this place. I will tell you this. I evangelized for 21 years. I don't question an evangelist. If I invite him into my pulpit, I've got confidence in him. And I believe that God puts the reins in his hand. I don't sit back and second guess him. If he points a direction, I'm behind him. I go with him. If I don't understand it, I just go with him anyway. That's right. And he got to preaching. Hallelujah. And he said, I believe before this service is over. Hallelujah. The people are going to be laying all over this place, travailing. Laying on the floors, crying and travailing. 
And that's exactly what happened in that service. God began to fall in that place and people began to weep and pray and cry. Hallelujah. There was there's a woman in our church that's a fireball. And uh, I tell you, she, she's an inspiration. She's one of my favorite ones to hear testify. And uh, she has lived for God by herself without her husband. i got a few people here from my church, and, and they don't know that. And I've never told anybody this, so shut your mouth, keep your mouth shut about what I'm fixing to say. But uh, this woman, uh, the first time I heard from her, she called, and, and her marriage was in a mess. And, and she was hysterical, out of her mind, screaming on the phone. And, and her husband, man, they was, they was having World War Three. Hallelujah. That's one of them times it was beyond me. You know what I've done? I just started praying. I said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to start praying. And I started praying on the phone, rebuking the devil and calling on the name of the Lord. And hallelujah, God came in that place and helped those people. Hallelujah. And she turned around and, and, and started testifying, God's going to save my husband. Hallelujah. When she is having the worst of times, she'd get up and say, hallelujah, my husband, he's doing some things. and, and But I, I believe God's going to save my husband. Hallelujah. She exercised faith. Hallelujah. Well, that night, people laying all over the floor crying and praying and and I want to tell you I don't know if I've ever been in anything exactly like that but it was like a bomb exploded in that church it was like all of a sudden there was an earthquake I, I must have not been in the spirit myself it's somebody else because I, I, I got up and looked hallelujah and there that man was he was shaking and trembling hallelujah he stood up and started shouting all between the pews as God baptized John Bodley with the gift of the Holy Ghost hallelujah to God. You know what? When we've done everything we know to do, and we've reached as far as we can reach, hallelujah, that's when God steps in the picture and God does what He can do. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's stand tonight. Hallelujah. Oh, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. It's so easy to get out of balance. It's so easy to get out of balance. Hallelujah. I preached in places in revival meetings when they, where they had a meeting for everything. I preached in this one place. They used to have an outreach meeting every Saturday. And they'd spend, I don't know how long, talking about outreach. And I'd ask them when they got through, uh, where'd y'all go? Well, I had to do this. I had to go by the cleaners and get this. And I had this. And uh, they was talking about it, but nobody was doing it. Hallelujah. And churches can become out of balance. And all it is is a program and doing this and doing that. And we got to try the latest thing. And I believe in trying something that'll work. But I also believe when you've done everything you know to do, if God's not in it, you are a dead duck. You're up a creek without a paddle. Hallelujah. And then there's other folks that they don't believe in doing nothing. When God gets ready, He'll do it. Hallelujah. Don't even know how to give an altar call. Hallelujah. God's calling somebody tonight. I said God's calling somebody tonight to lay everything on the line. And get hungry. I believe right here tonight, there's people that you're like the lad. What's going on? Jonathan needs to practice a little bit with his bow. And you see what's happening. 
but you don't know what's going on. But I believe there's somebody I preached to tonight. I don't know how many, but I believe there's somebody. I believe God spoke to me about this tonight. I believe there's somebody in this place that you see more than the shooting of an arrow. It's a sign to you. It's a signal to you. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to get everything God has for me out of this score meeting. There's a pastor here tonight struggling, frustrated. Hallelujah. You don't know what to do. You've lost heart. It's not that you don't believe what you've always believed. And, 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 and there's somewhat of a want to. But there some, seems to be something that's died on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And unbelief is trying to get a hold of you. The devil's trying to steal the Word of God out of your heart. Hallelujah. But God's trying to say, Hey, I am the resurrection and the life. Hallelujah. I'm here to do for you what you can't do for yourself. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost right now, Lord. Hallelujah. This is not going to be for everybody. But if there's somebody here tonight that's hungry, I want to open up this front of this building. I want you to come tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Maybe it's a young man. Maybe it's an evangelist. Hallelujah. Maybe it's a pastor. Maybe it's a saint. Young person. Hallelujah. God, I've got to see it happen. Oh, I've seen it in revival. When we do everything we know to do and we think nothing's going to happen, then all of a sudden it clicks. It clicks. Why is it like that? Because God has ordained that it's always got to be beyond us. If we could do it within our own self, we wouldn't need God. We wouldn't look to God. But this is an apostolic church. This is the work of God. Hallelujah. God, i got to have revival, God. I want everything you got for me, God. Hallelujah. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I believe that this message tonight deserves a response.